Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Adam Talks, a podcast that takes an alternative look at retirement. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Adam Talks. On today's episode, I am going to be discussing a business owner's guide to COVID-19 testing and the law. And thought this would be a really good time to dive into this type of podcast. Um, actually use some of my legal uh, research skills that I haven't kind of worked on in the last 10 or so years uh, when I stopped practicing law uh, in a law firm and, and actually spoke to some of my colleagues um, in New York about how um, they're advising clients uh, about going back to work, whether it's with employee testing requirements or even preparing for an ultimate vaccine, which hopefully will come around soon. So actually spent a little bit of time researching this. Um, not that I don't spend time preparing for my other podcasts, but I actually did a bunch of legal research, spoke to some labor attorneys. Um, I am admitted to practice law in New York. So some of the research is New York specific, but I think even if your business is in another state, um, you'll get a good idea in terms of things to consider when planning for um, employees coming back and ultimately a vaccine and how you want to address that with your employees. So I uh, really think you're going to enjoy today's podcast. Before I get started, just a few housekeeping matters. Uh, two new podcasts you should definitely check out, AdBits and AdMail. Um, if you are interested in learning more about self-directed retirement investments and are part of the self-directed retirement nation, you definitely should check them out. And you could obviously listen to them where you pick up any of your favorite podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud, and uh, definitely subscribe. I think you'll enjoy it. So let's uh, get started on today's podcast, The Business Owner's Guide to COVID-19 Testing and the Law. And I'm going to start with the testing aspect because um, businesses have had to deal with this. I've had to deal with it with my businesses across different states. And obviously, if you are a smaller business, um, it's, it's kind of a trial and error. We've never gone through anything like this. Uh, not many of us were around in 1918 with the Spanish flu. So this is uncharted territory. And I know all of us are trying to do our best. Obviously, if you um, have had to open, if you were essential business, um, you've had to deal with these issues uh, quite early, probably back in March or April, uh, and dealing with obviously uh, good hygiene, sanitation, and um, clearly uh, protective care, whether it's masks or, or other uh, materials that your employees needed to have. Uh, for non-essential businesses, um, this is a newer type of procedure that we're going to go through. So there's a couple things I wanted to mention right at the outset um, is number one, listen, there's no right or wrong. It's everyone needs to do its best. I think communication is key. I think your management team needs to communicate. I think you need to talk to your employees and you need to get their um, feedback. I think that's important. And you also have to understand different uh, variables in the law that you're going to have to consider. So number one, um, let's talk about screening. Um, generally, 
it's up to you if you want to screen for temperature uh, and things like that. If you're going to require even testing to have employees come back to the office. Now, interesting enough, the uh, CDC does not um, require um, and doesn't actually suggest symptom-based. They, they actually focus on a symptom-based screening strategy instead of a test-based strategy. So what that means is actually encourage you not to test your employees every day or every week and rather um, look for symptoms, have your employees give you feedback in terms of their symptoms, have a very flexible um, you know, stay-at-home policy if you're not feeling well. And this is going to require many businesses to change the way they deal with sick time and vacation time. And in the case of IRA Financial, you know, we've been very flexible. Even prior to COVID, we've offered five um, sick days, and we offered up to 15 or 20 vacation days. So I'm a big believer in time off. I think it's important to recharge your batteries and get um, some rest and relaxation so you come back you know, ready to go. So I'm a big believer in, in balance. So we've always been flexible and we've continued to be flexible and, and taking it a step further and basically said, listen, if you're not feeling well, don't come in. And we're lucky because we're uh, a business that obviously as a self-directed retirement custodian slash provider, we do can do a lot at home, right? A lot remote. It's all computer. Our app works. We have people dealing with our app, our servers. They can send wires. They can process new accounts, distributions, contributions, investments all through uh, a computer, which they can do from home. So we were lucky that we built in you know, a really tight uh, cloud-based security system um, prior to COVID, just you know, dumb luck. So we were ready for it. And, you know, we've been able to work very smoothly. Um, our South Dakota office is probably half back, if not 60% back. Our Miami office is, is all remote, 100% remote. And we've been very efficient. Um, yes, I believe I have a great team of people, but I think we've implemented a good strategy and we've been uh, upfront with our team. We've communicated with them. We speak daily and we ask for feedback in terms of what people are looking for um, and thinking about because the number one thing is health and the number one thing is to make sure your team is comfortable wherever they are and right now our Miami team is not comfortable going to the office so we are lucky enough that we can accommodate them and we don't have to deal with workplace testing. So Dakota on the other hand really wanted to come back. They are a smaller state. They didn't have a lot of COVID cases thankfully and good a good group of people wanted to come back and we were able to accommodate them. What we did is we did follow the uh, CDC and it's a symptom-based screening strategy, not um, test-based. So we don't require tests. We didn't require people to test before they came back to work. Um, if people aren't feeling well, um, they're asked to, to um, stay home. If there's multiple days in a row of staying home and the symptoms uh, show similar traits to COVID, we require a test. Um, and that's been our strategy. We did not require anyone to test um, negative before coming into work. I know some businesses in New, York, in New York do. I know a number of businesses require two negative tests within a 24-hour period before uh, returning to work. And, and that's okay. Um, that's just not something uh, we've done. And again, it depends on the size of your business. I think the type of business is social distancing possible um, and things like that. So obviously communication with your employees to see um, what 
um, they're um, comfortable with. But from a New York standpoint, uh, their guidance only addresses situation where an employee experiences symptoms upon arrival at work or at the office. So not the situation where no one has any, or at least the employees don't have any symptoms and they show up to work, what happens? And as a state, it basically, their guidance is that if you test positive for COVID, you must complete at least 10 days of isolation in the onset of symptoms or 10 days of isolation after the first positive test that they remain asymptomatic. So that's a situation, obviously, when people test positive. But what happens if you open up your office, everyone, um, no one has any symptoms, everyone feels fine, what do you do? Okay, so we've taken, again, the CDC approach and we are symptom-based. Some companies um, that I've spoken to and, and lawyers in New York that have um, addressed and advised these companies um, wanted to go with a um, test-based strategy. And they actually required, before people came to work, and they paid for this, and that's the next question, who pays for these tests? They paid for these tests, two consecutive tests within 24 hours coming back negative, and then they allowed uh, their employees to come back to work. Um, I don't know if that strategy works. It's not a legal requirement. If, you, if you're not going to do that continuously, I'm not sure it helps because someone could go for lunch, uh, pick up a sandwich, or you know, take the subway home, or take a bus home, train home, and then pick up COVID, and then you know, 24 hours later, they, they have it, and they're spreading around the office. So again, it's uncharted territory. Um, it's tough. Uh, what happens if someone refuses a test, right? Let's say you have an employee that just doesn't feel comfortable taking a test, do you have to force them to take the test? So you know, I don't think you want to get into that situation. I think you want to be creative. If the person can work from home, then maybe you want to allow the person to stay at home. Don't think you should be forcing people to take diagnostic tests. Now, if they're key and someone that needs to be at work in order to perform their duties, then maybe you ask them to take um, some type of uh, extended um, you know, time off, vacation, furlough. Um, and then also there's issues with uh, disability accommodation, right? Let's say there is a reason an employee can't take a diagnostic test. If disability, um, you're gonna have to accommodate them because now you're, you're potentially in violation of, of state and federal disability laws. So you need to be careful. You need to talk to management. This is something, if you're a small business, there's one or two uh, managers, uh, I think you need to have a discussion. You also need to talk to your employees. I think communication, being forthright, being honest, I think that is the best solution. I think that's, at least from my perspective, uh, talking to a number of attorneys is what they are advising their uh, clients. So New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and some other jurisdictions are requiring individuals to travel, uh, who travel to certain troublesome states that are peaking in COVID-19 um, to quarantine upon re-entry of 14 days, right? So let's say you have an employee that has to go do business in Florida and we have you know, a high number of COVID um, positive cases. What do you do when they return to the office? So the most states, again, and I've just looked at New York, they are requiring the employees to uh, be quarantined for 14 days before coming to the office. So I think, again, this is something you need to consider. And there's a number of factors, right? What happens if someone tests positive before coming to work? There, I think you generally 10 to 14 days, negative test, and then they can come back. What happens if no symptoms, 
you require a test. I think you need to either be test-based or symptom-based um, uh, policy, and CDC, again, is symptom-based. So you need to make that decision. If it's test-based, I think you need to prepare to pay for these tests, and I think it needs to be done on a continuous basis, or I don't think it's going to have much of an impact. And towards the end of this podcast, I'll get to some of the tips that um, some of these attorneys I spoke with have uh, suggested that business follow. But again, if you're sending an employee off to do business in a different state, that is a high-risk state. Uh, I think quarantine is important when they come back. Uh, and, and also, for employees that don't want to do a test, if you're requiring a diagnostic test, I think you need to be uh, very sympathetic to their health and their uh, personal uh, requests. And if you can have the employee stay at home, you should consider doing that. If you can't, uh, talk to them. Maybe they can take some time off. Uh, have extra vacation time. Um, maybe you could reposition them in a different position temporarily until uh, we get a vaccine so you can uh, still pay them and they can still be productive without jeopardizing their health and putting them in a, in a difficult situation. And that's obviously without talking about any disabilities, which you're 100% going to need to accommodate under the law. So I think you need to look at each individual employee individually uh, you need to respect each individual employee and you need to come up with creative solutions. I don't think uh, one uh, solution for all makes sense. I think you are going to have some policies and procedures, but I think if there are exceptions, I think you're going to need to be somewhat uh, creative in dealing with them. It's worked for, for me and my companies. Uh, I own four businesses in the, in the Iran pension world and we've had, thankfully, uh, good fortune. We've had a number of uh, COVID positives, but everyone's you know been safe. They've quarantined. It hasn't spread around the office. Um, and again, Miami, uh, we talked as an office. We have you know, 30 employees and uh, we've all decided to stay remote and it's worked. Again, if I had a restaurant or a hotel or something that, uh, or a supermarket where people had to be on the floor and had to sell, right, I wouldn't, would not be able to be as, um, strategic, would not be able to be as flexible, and would probably have to make some tougher decisions. Um, but I think you still have to make those tough decisions and you need to communicate and be honest, uh, have an honest dialogue with your employees because this is beyond vacation days and calling them sick and you know playing hooky. This is real, right? There's over 200,000 people that have died of COVID, young, middle-aged, old, um, and it's a virus that just attacks, right? It just goes from host to host. It doesn't care about what state you're in, what city you live, how rich or poor you are, uh, how important you are in business, whether you are a factory worker or a computer scientist, it doesn't matter. It just go, looks for a host and it attaches itself to that host and it seeks out the weakest organs in your body and it attacks it. So we need to be sympathetic. This is our, for my generation, you know, X, this is our war right now and we need to beat it. And we need to take precautions and have protocols in place. So now that we've moved on from texting, let's talk about a vaccine. Let's be hopeful and pray we get a vaccine around election time. That would be uh, wonderful. Uh, even though uh, there's a number of companies around the world um, seeking uh, and are currently testing, and hopefully they'll be in a final testing stage. At least a number of companies in the United States are hoping to get so in the next month or so, that would be super helpful because hopefully around spring, most of us can get vaccinated. And then the question is, 
what is your policy at work? Are you going to require employees to obtain a COVID vaccine, right? Is that going to be a condition of employment? So, right, obviously it depends again on facts and circumstances, right? What is your workplace like? Is it a hospital, a nursing home? Clearly those are high risk workplaces. You may need to require employees to obtain a vaccine, just like you may require them to obtain an annual flu vaccine. Um, this is different than a software company maybe, um, or a different type of business that's not as high risk. But listen, we're, we're talking a few hundred thousand people and counting have died of COVID. And uh, I'm not sure we can are going to ever have legislation that would um, mandate or preclude COVID vaccines. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Uh, that may be uh, an overstretch. I don't know if you can force people to take a vaccine. Uh, not sure I want to go there from a legal standpoint. Um, but what does an employer do and what is their legal duty, especially you have to consider the American with Disability Act, right? What if people, employees don't want to take a vaccine? Um, what do you do? Okay, so I think you need to look at that situation. If an employee is requesting an, an accommodation from an employer's COVID, COVID vaccine mandate, uh, the employer is going to need to determine whether the accommodation is reasonable and whether it imposes an undue burden on the operations, health and safety of other coworkers, right? So you're going to have to look at, are you a nursing home? Are you a software company? Are you a retailer? Are you a software? Are you a manufactured uh, hotel, restaurant? You're going to have to look at your business. You're going to have to look at your workspace. You're going to have to look at your employees and you're going to have to communicate. And this is the same concept of testing. Communication is going to be key. No company, no two companies are really going to be able, I think, to uh, orchestrate the same policies and procedures and have the same uh, results. I think it's based off your employees, your age, your employees, um, the office setting. Um, and, and that's something that we're looking into. I, I don't think you any business is going to be able to force people to get a vaccine, maybe only a nursing home or hospital. And if people don't want a vaccine, maybe uh, they'll need to be reassigned to a, a different role, or, or maybe in fact, they will be uh, allowed uh, to be terminated, assuming there's no um, disability violation. But because um, again, their risk if they pick up COVID is, is just too large, not just to the um, clients, but also to their coworker. So I think based off your business that, could be a requirement. But if you are a trust company uh, or you, you make um, your art studio, it, it, I doubt you're going to have a mandate where you're going to have to require employees to have a vaccine. So some employees just are gonna object based off religious grounds, okay? So what do you do? Um, you know, you're gonna go to the Supreme Court. Um, you're going to, employers are going to have to balance employees' right to be free from religious discrimination against the burden that the accommodation would create in the workplace. You know, the Supreme Court has stated that employers have less obligation to accommodate employees' religious objections than their medical needs. So in religious discrimination cases, the employer can deny the request if it imposes more than a minimal burden on their business, right? This goes back to the hospital or the nursing home. If someone comes in and says, for religious reasons, I don't want to take this vaccine, uh, they may be able to terminate them uh, based off the overall uh, larger good of the clients and the coworkers in the space. Now, that may not be the same if you are a, a pool cleaning company uh, or you 
um, are in the restaurant business. So there, again, will be facts and circumstances um, that are uh, important that we need to address. But can you mandate a vaccine? I think it really just depends. And again, that's the safe answers. That probably is the uh, lawyer answer in me. But there are legal rules that need to be uh, respected, like uh, discrimination, whether it's religion or disability. Um, and implementing a mandatory vaccine program uh, will generally require employers to devote a lot of time and energy to this program. So it just may not be possible um, for some businesses. Now, from a cost standpoint, it will probably be covered by health insurance or the federal government. So I'm not as worried about uh, who's going to pay for it. Um, but it's more of, do you mandate it? How do you prove you received the vaccine? What about remote workers? What about if someone is a salesperson and they never come in the office? Do you make them get vaccinated, right? These are all great questions that will need to get answered. Uh, and I think it's going to be a business by bis business approach. Um, and that's what the lawyers I spoke to, some of my colleagues, uh, when I was a, a New York practicing attorney, the big law firms have said they're advising different clients differently based off um, their business, their industry, their workforce, their client, their uh, clients, their um, employees. And again, the overall message I received is communication, that you're going to need to communicate. You can't just make policy and stuff it down your employees' throats. You're going to communicate, you have to listen, and you're going to need to be flexible because not all businesses are the same and not all employees are the same, uh, whether it's religious disability or just listening to people who say, I don't want to take a vaccine for whatever reason, or I don't feel safe coming to work yet um, until the vaccine has been taken by 60, 70% of the, of the population, I don't want to come in. And again, I think it depends then on how important that employee is, what's your uh, policy, and do you have other potential options, uh, remote or other, other, other ways that you can use that employee um, and still uh, pay them and still have them be useful to the business. But um, also an another thing to consider is what happens if people take a vaccine and get severe reactions and then have to miss work, right? What happens? Does that count as a sick day? If they take you force them to take a vaccine or you ask them nicely to take a vaccine and suggest it strongly and they get sick, does it count as a vacation day, right? And all this is just Again, new territory we're going to have to deal with. Uh, the same with the testing is, do you, do you make people take vacation who have to be out because of COVID? What happens? We've had a, a number of employees that have missed three, four weeks because they couldn't get two negative tests. What we did, we didn't charge them extra vacation. We didn't dock their salary because they took more than their allocated vacation. You need to be flexible. You need to end up working with your team. If any good business is only as good as the team behind it. And I believe that. Uh, just like any good basketball or baseball team, coach can only do so much, right? The Golden State Warriors this year weren't very good. They're actually the worst team in the NBA. Why? And they have a great coach, Steve Kerr, great coach. They didn't have Kevin Durant. They didn't have Steph Curry. They didn't have Klay Thompson, right? So you need good players. You need good employees and you need to respect them. And you need to really listen because this is not just, hey, I'm taking my kid to a baseball game or, hey, I slept in because I went out last night for my friend's engagement party. This is, hey, this is life and death. 200,000 people have died from this horrible virus. This thing is growing. It's just spreading and we need to be safe and we need to wait for a vaccine. And I don't feel safe going to work until 
there is a vaccine that's taken by a good segment of this population. So all in all, um, it's risk balancing. That's the ultimate uh, for employers that cannot effectively social distance and those who work with high risk populations. A mandate you know, may make sense, right? Whereas other businesses, it may not make sense and you may not need to go there. Um, and you just may need to go back to this symptom-based um, strategy versus testing-based, right? And I think that's something you need to decide on. Again, but you can be flexible. You can change directions, right? If you start with a testing-based strategy and you see after a few months, this is just not working, this is getting out of hand, there's nothing that says from a legal standpoint that you can't go to a symptom-based strategy. I think, again, you need to balance risks. I need to, think you need to be flexible and you 100% need to communicate um, thoroughly and honestly with your team. But again, just stay tuned. Um, a lot of this is hypothetical, especially when it comes to the vaccine. Not so much when it comes to the testing. I know a lot of businesses are dealing with this. Uh, I know some businesses that are dealing doing tests every week. Okay, It's not to the extent of the NBA or NFL, or at least from the NBA standpoint, they're in a bubble. That's just not possible. And yes, a bubble would work, right? The NBA hasn't had one positive COVID test in, in months because they're in a bubble. They're stuck in, in Orlando and they can't leave the bubble. Uh, and if they do leave it, they have to quarantine for 10 days by themselves. So uh, bubbles work, but in our society, uh, in our economy, uh, we can't bubble people up. So you need to understand risks, be flexible, uh, think about your business. What works for business X may not work for your business. Uh, talk to your managers, your team, talk to your employees. So tips for protecting the workface. Um, obviously, social distance if you can. Try to telework remote if you can uh, is important. Flexible working hours is really important. Uh, staggered start times is very uh, helpful. It's done in my kids' school and so far so good. Uh, partitions between employees, increasing physical space, uh, postponing non-essential meetings or events, obviously, prohibiting large group gatherings, um, discourage handshaking, um, and just you know being smart, discouraging sharing tools and equipment and restricting visitors in workplace, which I think is very important. Um, I think it's important to designate like a point person to be responsible for workplace safety. We did that uh, and that's been very helpful. Someone who uh, you can reach out to and uh, they can monitor people's health and, and make sure you know people are following through with uh, your social distancing um, plan. Uh, train employees to practice good hygiene, right? Wash hands often, avoid touching with your eyes, clean frequently. And again, stay at home when feeling sick. And I've told people this, hey, um, if you go past your vacation, your uh, sick days this year, don't worry. There's no more sick days anymore. You need to protect yourself. This is not ordinary times. Yeah, we usually give five sick days. If you need to take 30, you take them. Don't come into work if you don't feel well. Now, again, it's, it's balancing risk, right? If the same person calls in sick every Monday and then every Tuesday is perfectly fine, okay, maybe you have a problem here. But if someone randomly, you know, maybe one one day a week um, calls in and says, I don't feel great, I'm going to take it easy, and then they, haven't done, they don't do it again for four months, then it's not a pattern. You don't have an issue uh, versus the person calling in sick every Monday for four months in a row. You know, maybe it's not a COVID problem. Maybe it's an employee problem. So again, I think it's important to have a point person that can look at that and keep track of this stuff and make the right calls. Um, the, the sanitize the workplace is tough because it's not always in your control. 
especially when it comes to like HVAC systems. We've talked to our landlords about this. They they claim they're they're you know adjusting HVAC systems and increasing ventilation. But honestly, I have no idea, right? I, I'm not climbing up there and checking. Um, they have increased um, disinfectant cleaning um, procedures. They do that more often. Uh, they're providing tissues and no-touch disposable. They provide soap and water uh, and, and hand sanitizer. So I think if you're in an office building, that's something you definitely need to request. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's being provided. And then the issue is the masks, right? We are requiring our offices right now, um, at least in Florida, to wear masks. Uh, in South Dakota, our offices not wear masks. Um, they practice social distancing and uh, the sanitized workplace, but we do not require masks at work. Uh, again, different state, we're able to social distance, big enough office, um, we only have 60% of our team there, and we've been able to social distance and had success. But it's worked for IRA Financial, may not work for your business. So again, you need to be flexible, balance your risks, talk to your employees. This is something that we spoke to them about, and our team basically said, we're comfortable with this. Now, we've had some scares where we had someone out for a few days and they had similar symptoms to COVID. And in that case, the employee basically said, I'm not coming back until I get tested. And thankfully, they tested negative. So again, I think most people understand the risk of COVID. 99% uh, of people, they're feeling sick, uh, obviously, are not going to come in the office. That's not the risk. The risk is the asymptomatic people. And that's the whole emphasis of the testing-based strategy, but the CDC understands that it's just not practical to have your employees go get tested every day. We're not the NFL or the NBA with billions of dollars. Businesses aren't going to be able to do it. These tests are expensive. If you want to get a fast um, test, it can take it can be $150. So it's just not practical to do that and get a good result within 15 minutes. Now, to have a test and don't and not get the results in four days, pointless. And that's why most businesses have gone to a symptom-based testing strategy um, as suggested by the uh, CDC, because it's just not possible to, to get these quick tests. Uh, we were hopeful that Abbott was going to have one of these speed tests back in April. The president kept talking about it. Unfortunately, they didn't work. And uh, we're still waiting on a cheap, good um, COVID test. Uh, there's talk about a number of these tests coming to the market. It's just they're not mainstream yet, unfortunately. Um, also require notice of potential exposure. We've had a situation where we had an employee that um, went out uh, to a social gathering, only a few people, and it turned out one of the people there, dad had COVID and the employee decided to isolate uh, for five days. And then they got a COVID test and came back negative and then they got back to work. In that case, we did not penalize the employee. Thankfully, the employee was able to work from home. If they were not able to work from home, I think, I hope we would be flexible and, and not you know, charge them extra vacation days and not dock their pay because again, this is our war. This is what we're dealing with now and we need to get through it, all of us. And forcing people to go to work or, or basically requiring them to go to work so they don't lose pay is not going to help us get around COVID. It's going to create more um, clusters and create more positives and, and create more deaths. So we all need to get band together, especially business owners who set policy for their employees. We need to band together. And it's also important to talk to your employees and talk to them about being smart when they're home. Um, and again, for me, this was just, hey, I'm not talking down to you. I'm just saying, listen, we're all in this together. Let's all be smart. Um, 
we going to a gathering with 60 people um, to one of these house parties under the radar. Maybe it's not a great idea because it's not just impacting you, potentially impacting the business and your other uh, teammates, coworkers that are going to potentially be in the office with you. And it's not fair. So I've had to have those discussions. It hasn't been difficult because most people understand that this is a global pandemic. It's a community spread. It's not an individual um, issue. It's, it's a community and global issue that's impacting all of us and we all need to do our part. So I think it's important again to talk both ways. Yes, we are going to be there for you, but you also as an employee, you have certain, um, I think, um, certain uh, level of respect that you need to show to your, to your employees as well that you're not going to put them in a difficult situation and potentially get them sick. So um, just prepare, right? Um, I think that's the key. Balance risk, prepare for potential employee concerns, um, talk to them, be creative, be flexible, be honest, and we'll get through this. But when it comes to testing, when it comes to a vaccine, um, need to speak to people. If people have concerns about coming to work, whether it's disability or religious reasons for taking a test or taking a vaccine, or just don't feel safe and don't want to be with next to people, um, you need to respect that. And I think based off your business, your workspace, your industry, your level of risk to your clients uh, and to your staff, you need to uh, you know make a good policy that's going to work for your business. So. If you're a business owner, this is obviously difficult times, uncharted territory. Uh, the whole point of this podcast, uh, uh, again, was to kind of research what the law says. And um, the Supreme Court has, again, uh, spoke on an ability of an employer to um, somewhat discriminate from a religious standpoint if there's a, a greater risk to uh, the overall uh, employers or the business. So there could be some wiggle work from a, a, a religious standpoint, from but maybe not from a disability standpoint. So if you are going to require vaccines, um, you should talk to counsel, talk to your uh, team about it, talk to the, your employees, see if there are people that don't want to take vaccines and maybe you won't be in that situation. Uh, if you're Again, if you're going to require them. If you're not going to require them, then I think people still need to be uh, cognizant of the fact that uh, the pandemic is still out there. Uh, it's a wildfire until we all could take this vaccine and be safe from it. We all need to remain smart. We need to stay home when we're not feeling well. We need to communicate with our employer. The employers need to communicate with the employee. Uh, we need to be flexible from a vacation day standpoint. We need to be flexible with hopefully allowing employees that don't feel comfortable going into work to be able to work remotely. That would be super important. And I think you need to also be okay with changing your strategy around because just because you have a policy, it doesn't mean you have to stick to it. If things change on the ground, things change uh, in our world, you, you need to react, right? And the number one factor that should be in consideration is people's health, right? If your employees aren't healthy, you're not gonna be able to have a business, right? Even if you are the smartest guy in the world and you or the smartest lady in the world and have the best product, if you have no one working in the business, your business is going to die. So without a good team, you have no business. So we need to keep our team safe. We need to communicate. We need to respect them. We need to listen. And at the same time, we need to talk to them about the importance of uh, maintaining 
social distance, about being smart in and outside the office, and uh, understanding that we're all part of this global community. We all need to do our part to beat COVID. So hopefully your business has been okay. Um, hopefully you're surviving. Uh, this is gonna be a tough year for, for pretty much every business in the world. So it's really about survival. Um, and yes, um, there's stress. Yes, we have to deal with paying employees. Yes, we have to deal with extra costs of COVID, extra um, stress of having a having uh, revenues generally decreased, increased expenses, and increased uncertainty. But we will get through this. Vaccines will come, and then it's just a matter of again making sure we have a good policy for. Um, talking to our employees about being vaccinated and dealing with those employees that don't want to and making sure we can still maintain a safe and uh, productive uh, working environment. So I wanna wish everyone um, good health. Um, I appreciate your support. Uh, I really enjoyed preparing for this podcast because a lot of the stuff um, I kind of devised with my team, uh, but speaking to a bunch of labor lawyers, in New York, I got a, a sense kind of from their dealings with their employee and their clients, um, how different businesses are doing it. And I realized that no one knows, <laughs> even the smartest lawyers kind of don't know because there's not a, le- a lot of legal guidance on this. Um, we haven't dealt with pandemics before in the last hundred years to this extent. Um, so there's not a lot of guidance other than religious or disability. You know, it's up to the business really to figure out what they're going to do. So. There's no right or wrong. I I think it's helpful if you can afford it to talk uh, and speak to an attorney and have them help you devise uh, a policy and procedure for dealing with diagnostic testing and preparing yourself for a vaccine. Uh, We're sitting in the end of September, early October now. Uh, Hopefully we get a vaccine in the next few months. So I think this is a good time to start preparing and start working on drafting a policy and procedure for your employees and what you are going to require of them when it comes to a vaccine. So uh, again, thanks for uh, listening. Uh, really enjoyed doing this podcast. Um, please subscribe if you haven't. Adam Talks, again, it's a weekly podcast. Really appreciate all your listeners, uh, especially your self-directed retirement nation for uh, keeping me going during this crazy time. And uh, just been super pumped to, uh, you know, provide you as much good content as I can to hopefully keep your mind off of COVID and focused on uh, your retirement, your taxes, your investments, and today your business. So stay safe and uh, look forward to talking with all of you again soon. Thanks. Thanks.